Welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us as we look at our fifth lesson in the series on Deuteronomy. In today's lesson, we'll be looking at the law and Moses giving the law a second time to the people of Israel. As we look at this giant chunk of scripture, we're going to see as we learn about the law, we can learn about who God is and we can learn uh, to view sin in the correct light or in the light of grace. So I hope you guys enjoy this lesson. Thanks again for joining us. All right, so turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 12. Deuteronomy chapter 12. We're going to be looking at a giant chunk of Scripture this morning. As you guys know, we're going through Deuteronomy section by section. We're not going through verse by verse, but section by section, so we can get an overall understanding of Deuteronomy better. And today's section is huge. It's chapters 12 through 26, and we're going to be flipping all over the place, so get ready to turn um, with me to some different parts in Deuteronomy. We're actually also going to look at uh, Romans in the New Testament for a little bit. But turn to Deuteronomy chapter 12. Uh, We're going to look at verse 1 to start with um, as we dive into this section about the law. Look at it with me real quick in verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 12. It says, These are the statutes and and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given to you to possess as long as you live on the earth. Okay, so, like I said, we're, we're talking about the law here today, as Moses is, and the law is a lot. It's, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to process. There's a lot in the law. Um, think of Leviticus. Everybody says, oh, man, I was doing my Bible read really good, and then I got to Leviticus. And it was a struggle, right? It was hard uh, because it's a long read. It's a, there's a lot. You get bogged down in it, if you, if you will. And so here, Moses goes into the law for a second time. He's already talked to them, you know, in Leviticus. Where he's already written down the law. But here he goes into the law again, reminding them of the law. Okay, previously, as we've seen, he's been saying, hey, remember the commands. Remember the laws and do the laws. Now he's reminding them of what those laws and those commands are. And so today we're going to see that the parts of the law and the covenant of the law and the example of the law and the reason for the law, all these things help us understand it. And even though um, we're not under the law, so we can't apply the law in that fashion or in that way, we can still apply principles and the heart issues that we see here uh, that Moses talks about. And we can see uh, as we understand the law, We can really use that in our life or use that perspective in our life even today. So uh, the first thing we're going to look at are are the parts of the law. And the reason that we're just going to look at this really briefly is so we can understand it better. Uh, The law actually breaks down into into three different parts. And if you look again at verse 12, verse 1, it says, These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land. So 12 obviously is a section break where, where Moses says, Hey, Now I'm going to tell you what these laws are. We've been talking about these laws, how we should observe them, how we need to remember them, and remember our past so that we can observe them, and all this kind of stuff. Now I'm going to tell you what these laws are. Okay, when we're looking at Deuteronomy 12 through 26, we can break it up into three different sections, as I said earlier. The first one is ceremonial. It's ceremonial laws, and this is in sections uh, or chapters 12 through 16, through about the middle of 16. So it's ceremonial. What are ceremonial laws? They're things like feasts um, and some, you know, some of the sacrifices. But like 
um, you know, uh, Passover, the Feast of Trumpets, you know, these things are ceremonial uh, um, laws, and then there's a lot more in there. But these are things that are ceremonial laws that we can we can look at. The second part would be civil laws. Civil laws, and this is like through chapter 16, verse 17, through chapter 20, verse 20. And civil laws would be things like war, warfare, or judges, or kings, um, laws for government-type stuff. Okay, that's what uh, civil laws are. So first, Moses talks about ceremonial laws, um, feasts, some um, and some things like that. And then he talks about civil laws, like wars, judges, kings, things like that. Then he talks about social law. And this starts in chapter 21 and goes through 26-19. Okay, so 21 through 26 are social laws. Um, that would be like how we interact with other people, like marriage laws or how to deal with rebellious children um, or things like that. So this is the outline. These are the parts of the law. Um, and, and, and it's important to understand these. I know it's, it's kind of boring, like section out the parts, but it's important to understand the law as a whole. And as we'll see, it's, under, it's important to understand that because we want to understand who God is and all this stuff. But it's, an under, it's important to understand the parts and section them out so we can um, just in our own minds understand, hey, here's what he's talking about when he's talking about the law. Here's what the law breaks out into, and we can organize it in our mind and understand it a little better. So those are the three parts of the law that Moses talks about here in this next section. It all starts in 12.1 where he says, These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord your God your fathers has given you to possess as long as you live um, on the earth. Okay, So that's where it starts in 12.1 and then it sections and breaks off. The second thing we look at, okay, the covenant of the law, the covenant of the law. Uh, turn to, and this is throughout, we'll look at it a little bit, but turn to chapter 26. Okay, chapter 26, so it's a few chapters over, and we'll look at the covenant of the law. Um, look at verses 16 uh, through 19 of this chapter. It says, This day the Lord your God commanded you these statutes, talking about all the statutes, all the laws that he just gave, okay, and ordinance, that you shall therefore be careful to do them with all of your heart and all of your soul. You shall have today declared the Lord uh, to be your God, or sorry, you have today declared the Lord to be your God, and that you would walk in his ways and keep his statutes and commands and his ordinances and listen to his voice. The Lord has today declared you to be his people, a treasured possession, as he promised you that you would keep all of his commandments and that he will set you high above the nations, which he has made for praise, fame, and honor, that you shall be consecrated people to the Lord your God, as he has spoken. Okay, this is the covenant of the law, or some might say in the Mosaic law, it's a conditional law. So we're going to actually dig into the, the covenant of the law the con, um, and how that is conditional. Okay, when we mean conditional, what do we mean? Well, we're potty training uh, my two-year-old right now, um, and that can be messy at times, to say the least. But as we were potty training him, we have a conditional agreement with him. Okay, that conditional agreement is that he would get a fruit snack if he goes number two on the toilet. Okay, before we started working on number two, okay, we were working on number one with potty training. We had a conditional agreement that he would get an M&M every time he went um, number one on the toilet. And so this is a conditional agreement, meaning that if he doesn't, Go number two, he doesn't get the fruit snack. If he doesn't go to the bathroom, he doesn't get the prize. 
This agreement between God and Israel was a conditional agreement that they would obey the law, that they would follow the law, and He in turn would bless them as His holy people. They are His holy people no matter what. Okay, unconditional promise to Abraham that the seed would go through him. Jesus Christ came through them. That's an unconditional promise. But the agreement, the conditional part of it in the Mosaic Covenant is just that, hey, you obey the laws, you obey the commands, you do these things, and you are going to be blessed in a lot of different ways. And we see that through this section that we just read. Okay, if you, if you um, look through it, you know, he has promised to you and that you would keep his commandments and that he will set you um, above all the nations. saying you're going to keep his commandments, he's going to set you above all the nations. That's in verse 18 and 19 there. In verse 17 it's saying, hey, you, the people of Israel, has declared, have declared that the Lord is your God. So that's their part of it, saying, hey, he's, and that you would walk in his ways and statute commands and ordinances and listen to his voice. Okay, so it's saying, hey, you're going to do this, and then God is going to do this because you do that. So it's a conditional agreement between them. Okay, and God's going to hold up this part. You can also go to other passages throughout 12 through 26 in Deuteronomy and throughout the Bible, really. But in this section, you can see this conditional promise. It says uh, the phrase, that it may go well with you, saying, hey, if you keep the laws, if you do this, these things, do them so that it may go well with you. It says that three times throughout this section in 1225, 1228, 22, uh, verse 7. Um, in 12.1, which we already read, it said, as long as you live in the land, kind of in, indicating, you know, that it could be a conditional. There's other passages as well that talk about the keeping the law. Um, you know, I, I don't have them all listed, but I have, you know, chapter 13, verse 17 through 18 talks about it. Uh, chapter 16, verse 20. Chapter 17, verse 20. There's tons of passages throughout this section where God's saying, hey, this covenant is a conditional covenant, okay? Or this law that you guys have is conditional. It's conditional. If you keep the law, Israel, you will live in the land. It's conditional. Okay, it's conditional. We too have conditional promises and rewards from Christ. Okay, if we follow Christ, we will be rewarded. And we know that. We know in um, all throughout the New Testament, God talks or Christ talks about and the apostles, Paul, um, they talk about rewards that we're going to get or we can get. You know, there's, <clears throat> I did a slight, a little study on, on the crowns or the wreaths, actually would be a better word for it in the Bible. And, you know, there's several crowns and wreaths that we're promised if we do certain things for God. Those are rewards. Those are conditional, though. Okay, those are conditional. They're not um, unconditional um, rewards. We have to do something um, in order to get some of these rewards and things. And, and God said to these people of Israel, Moses says to these people, hey, if you do this, you will live long in that land. So remember that this law, this Mosaic law, um, is a conditional covenant between um, God and the people of Israel. Israel. So the, that's the conditional part of it. Um, we're going to look at two things now that kind of drive the purpose of the law, and I think there's a lot of application in these two. Turn to uh, chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. Uh, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the example. Okay, the example of the law, and it shows the holiness of God. It shows us the holiness of God. So look at verse nine, or sorry, chapter 19, verse 19. Through 21, it says, Then you shall do to him just as he intended to do to his brother. Thus you shall purge the evil from among you. Okay, that's important. Purge the evil from among you. And the rest, meaning the rest of Israel, will hear and be afraid and will never again do such an evil thing among you. Thus you shall not show pity 
Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, and foot for foot. Okay, this um, passage can be misinterpreted a lot of times, especially if people think they're still under the law. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, you guys have probably heard that before. But the, the example of this, okay, the example that this law sets shows the holiness of God. And, and uh, the purpose of it here was so that the Israelites could be, uh, would follow it. Okay, they fear the law and the consequences of the law, and then they follow it. Okay, in 21.21 um, of Deuteronomy, it says that they need to purge the evil again. In 13.11, it talks about the death penalty so that all Israel hear and listen. Israel was to be holy and set-apart nation. Okay, They weren't going to be holy and set-apart if they didn't have consequences for breaking the law because people would just keep on breaking the law, keep on breaking the law. But in these three sections, or these three little passages that I just mentioned and more, but in these three it says, hey, there needs to be severe penalties when you break the law so that you guys can be set apart, consecrated, as we, as we saw in uh, chapter 26, he says that they're, they're going to be consecrated, a consecrated people, going to be holy people to God. Um, and he wanted, or the, the conditional covenant and all that, um, it plays in here saying that you guys need to be the example. You guys need to follow law and be holy uh, because I am holy, which it says in Leviticus, by the way. Um, but not everybody, uh, well, let me just put it this way. Not everybody who believed in the coming Messiah were actually under the law. Okay, the law was a thing that was set on the people of Israel to set them apart, to make them a holy people, to show the world who God is. Okay, and, and that was a, a, a law system that was put on them. That law system wasn't on everyone. And that's something interesting to think about. Think about guys like Melchizedek during Abraham's time, or later on, uh, Moses' father-in-law. Moses' father-in-law wasn't under the law. And his people weren't under the law. Moses' father-in-law's people, um, Jethro, you know, they weren't under the law. But Moses and the people of Israel were. Okay, they weren't set, the people of Israel weren't set apart to be believers. They were set apart to be holy, to show people who God was. That was a huge purpose of the law, was to show people the holiness of God. It was to show people the holiness of God. And these verses that we just read in 19, um, and then in 21, and in 13, these verses show us that, hey, God's serious about them looking like a holy people. He wants them to look like a holy people because they're supposed to be what people look at and see God through, right? Israel's supposed to be, they're God's chosen people, and they still are today, but they're God's chosen people. So when people look at them, they, who do they see? They see God. So they're supposed to be holy. That's part of what the law is. Hey, you're supposed to be holy so people see who God is and that God is holy. Okay, it shows us the holiness of God. Why is this important though? Why is it important that we see the holiness of God? And by the way, the, those passages I said earlier, Leviticus 20, 7 and 8, Leviticus 19, 2, they say, hey, you guys are to be holy because I am holy talking to Israel. Uh, which Peter actually later quotes one of those, by the way. You can dig into that later on your own. But um, the people of Israel would be holy because God is holy. They're supposed to be the image, um, be the hey representative of who God is, and that is holiness. But why is that important? Why is it important that we know who God is? Okay, there's this TV series 
that we've uh, we've been going through and we've been watching. And in this TV series, uh, the main character grew up without his mom or his dad. He grew up without his mom or his dad. And, um, you know, part of the story, part of the whole storyline is him finding them and figuring out who they are. But he, um, he actually becomes a spy and he learns through a lot of stuff that his mom and dad were both spies. Okay, and that's, you know, the reason they left and all this stuff. But anyway, when he first meets them and for a while after he meets them, both of them, he doesn't trust them. He does not trust them at all. And rightly so. He didn't, un- he didn't know them. Okay, he didn't know them. He didn't grow up with them. They weren't his, I mean, they were his parents, but they didn't raise him hardly. And so he didn't really know them. So he didn't trust them, either one of them, when he met them. Same thing goes for us and God. If we don't know God, if we don't know who He is, if we're not studying and learning about who He is, how are we going to trust Him? How are we going to trust Him? So do we seek to know who God is so that we can trust Him more? It's a good question. It's a good question. God actually put the law on the people of Israel so everyone could see who God is, and it's important to see who God is. Because God is truth. He's holy, He's light, He's righteous, He's perfect. He's just, He's holy, He's loving. All these things, we can, we can see these things in their truest form in who God is. So we need to seek to know who God is. Okay, I think that's an application or should be an application of this. Okay, finally, we're going to look at the reason for the law, the reason for the law, or another reason for the law, if you will. And we're going to turn to Romans chapter 5. Okay, going to the New Testament, turn to Romans chapter 5. We're going to be looking at the end in verse 20 and 21. We'll, we'll hit on 6-1 a little bit, and 2 maybe. But we're looking at the reason for the law. Look at it with me. It's Romans 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 20. The law came in so that transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So then sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so this dispensation of law... I'm talking about the dispensation when Moses was there and the people and he gave the law. That dispensation of law shows us our wickedness. Okay, and the law in general shows us our wickedness. Okay, the sin became greater when the law came. That's what it says. Look at look at the verse again. The law came in so that the transgression would increase. The law came in so that sin basically would get bigger. That seems weird. It seems wrong. Why would he put law in so that sin would get bigger? Why would he do that? Well, because of the holiness of God and the wickedness of man shows us the grace of God. And that's what Paul goes on to say here. Um, as he says, the, the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. The more that we see our sin, Paul's saying the more we see our sin, actually the more that we do sin, the more God's grace is seen. Okay, think about it this way. Think about it in terms of somebody sinning against you. Okay, let's say that somebody comes up to you and they sin in a very slight way, a way that doesn't really hurt anything, doesn't really matter that much. Like let's say they, um, let's say they took your... Um, your cookie, you know, your dessert cookie without asking. 
and it wasn't really a big deal. You just went and got another one, right? Like, that's pretty easy to forgive. It's pretty easy to show grace in that situation. Grace is getting something we don't deserve. So it's pretty easy to, to show grace to that person. Or if maybe if they don't even really sin against you, they're just kind of being annoying. It's like, ah, it's easy to show grace. But then think if somebody does something really horrible and mean to you. Think if somebody sins against you and it hurts you bad. Like maybe they, they gossip about you and start a rumor about you that sticks and it's bad. Or maybe it's somebody that basically hurts your family or your loved ones. Or maybe it's a family member that hurt you. That, that sin, it's a big sin. We look at it as a big sin, right? Now, if you were to forgive, if you were to show grace to, I should say, the person who did that little sin, the one that you didn't think really mattered, if you were to show grace to that, people wouldn't really see it as grace. They'd be like, yeah, anybody does that. But if you were to forgive that person that sinned big time against you, if you were to forgive, show grace to the person that had that big sin, that big transgression against you, people would see the forgiveness. They would see the grace. They would see it. Why? Because the grace has to be bigger because the sin seems bigger, right? So Paul says, hey, the law makes the sin so much bigger. But because of that, it makes God's grace even bigger. Okay, the holiness of God, the wickedness of man that the law shows us helps us realize the gravity of sin so that we can see the love and grace of God. Okay, this should do a couple things for us. Applicationally, this should do a couple things for us. Number one, we should view our sin through the eyes of grace. Okay, part of the law was for grace. Okay, part of the law was for grace. Okay, some people try and use the law in a legalistic way that gets rid of all grace. But that's not the law. I mean, as Paul's saying here, hey, part of the reason for this law is grace. Grace can abound more when the law came in because the law came in so that the transgression would increase, so that the grace would abound even more. I mean, right? That's what he's saying. So we should view our sin not legalistically, but through grace. This means that when we do sin, we confess it and move on. Okay, a lot of times when we sin, we sit in a pity party over our sin. Okay, and we just we wallow in it, if you will. We roll we like to roll around in our sin a little bit. And not meaning that we not I'm not even talking about continuing in sin. We do that too, but I'm talking about like we sin and then we like, oh, I'm such a sinner, I'm such a horrible person. And we wallow in it and roll in it and we think about it and dwell on it. And it's like, no. It's like, no, look at God's grace. If you're wallowing in your sin, then you're not seeing God's grace in sin. God's grace says, hey, I've forgiven that. Okay, it doesn't mean we can keep on sinning. We'll see that in a second. But, like, move on. Put it behind you and say, nah, God's good. Look how good God is. If you're wallowing in your sin, if you're throwing a pity party over your sin, and you're feeling all this um, shame... Even though you've already confessed it, okay, I should put it that way because you know shame and, and guilt and stuff do play a key role in bringing us to repentance. 
Okay, but if you've already repented, if you've already confessed that sin, God's forgiven it. Okay, so if you're living in it and you know renewing your mind with the fact that you're a sinner and, and that, oh, I'm just a terrible person, the focus is on you. And the focus shouldn't be on you. The focus should be on God. And God's end of it says, I'm giving you grace. It's huge. It's huge. The law actually has a purpose to bring us and show us grace. And then a lot of times we just wallow in the law. Okay, so don't, don't do that. Okay, number two, we not only should view our sin through grace, we should view others' sin through grace. This, this is a simple one but hard to do, right? Don't condemn others, give grace. Um, this doesn't mean like tolerate sin and engage in it at all. But what it does mean is that we forgive sin. Okay, we forgive sin like the uh, parable that Jesus uh, tells about the king that forgives the debt, the ginormous debt of millions of dollars from that one guy, and then he goes and he doesn't forgive the debt of the little guy that owed him a couple pennies or whatever, right, a few bucks. So in the same way, like, the grace, the law, okay, it shows us this grace of God. And so, because it shows us all that grace that God's giving us, we should give grace to other people. Like, it, the law shows us how gracious God is. So what should we do with that? We should be like, oh, let's show that grace to other people. Okay, simple but hard application there. Number three, okay, first, view our own sin through grace. View others' sin through grace. But three, going back to both of these, don't let that sin cause you to, or sorry, don't let that grace cause you to sin. Okay, yeah, we want to view our sin through grace. Yes, we want to view others' sin through grace. But that doesn't mean we just sin because of grace. Oh, we can just sin then? Okay, because that's literally what Paul says. Look at uh, chapter 6, verse 1 in Romans. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. He says, so you guys and us, because we're humans, we're just going to say, well, oh, sweet. If grace increases, that means, man, the more I sin, the more God's grace is seen. So I'm just going to keep on sinning. He says, no, may it never be. That's not the point. The point is that when we do sin, because it will happen, the point is that when we do see our wickedness, because it's inevitable, the point is that when the law does make our sins big, we see who God is. We see the grace and love of God. Okay, a big part of the reason why a law came, why the law came, was so that we could see the grace of God. Because when we understand how holy God is and how wicked we are, we can see grace better. Okay, so what's the impact? Hopefully, now we can understand the law a little bit better. Okay, I know that we quickly ran through a giant section of Scripture. Remember, we're just taking this section by section and breaking it down section by section, not verse by verse. Okay, so, so you can go back, you can study these laws on your own, understand them even better. But hopefully we understand them better. Hopefully we understand the, the flow of them. Hopefully we understand also that there's a reason for the law. It's not just something. There's a reason for the dispensation of law. There's a reason for the law itself. And because of those reasons, okay, we should do some things. Because of the reason that the law came, we should learn more about God. Part of the reason was for the law was to show who God is. And we need to know who God is. If we don't know who God is, how are we going to trust Him? Okay, so know who God is. Learn more about God. We can do that through His Word. Learn more about who God is. That's it. That's a key application, I think. 
part another part of the the law or the, another reason that the law came was to show us grace, to show us the grace of God. And so, if that's true, then, then we need to view our sin in the light of grace. The law was a huge dispensation, and it was meant to show the grace of God. Well, then maybe we should focus on the grace of God. Maybe we should view things in the grace of God instead of viewing them, you know, through our own self or selfishness or viewing them um, not through that lens of grace but through legalism maybe or pride or, you know, other things. Maybe we should view our sin, view the sin of others through the eyes of grace, not allowing that to cause us to sin more, but allowing us that to um, help us forgive others and help us to be grateful to God and um, show God our gratitude and, and all this stuff because of how great His grace is. Okay, the law is it's deep as in it's boggy, like it bogs you down when you try and read it all. Sometimes they're hard to understand. Sometimes we don't get the laws. We're like, what is that law for? And all these laws, like, man, it's just hard to read, hard to understand. But there's a reason for them. Okay, don't just skip over Leviticus. Don't just skip over uh, Deuteronomy 12 through 26. There's reasons for these laws. And when we read them, we can understand better who God is and how holy He is. And we can understand His grace better. Because, man, if God requires that out of me and I'm doing this, man, He's showing me a lot of grace. All right, so we can do that. We can do that. That's what we can do this week. Focus on the grace of God. Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions, Regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.